like always be optimistic and just be like, you know, like I like I am in a manual chair now. Like they told me I'm not even I'd always have to have a headrest, which I don't use now. So it's like just keep trying to get stronger, even if people keep telling you you can't. Wait, what do you mean it's over? Hello, how can I help? Hey guys, welcome back to Parties Over Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Liz. Surprise, surprise, we're still here. Honestly, I'm, <laughs> sometimes I'm surprised. I'm surprised too. I'm like, are, do you think we're ever going to take a break? Yeah, everyone's like, oh, we're taking a few weeks off and gearing up for our next season. And now I'm like, we probably should have done seasons because I'm <laughs> tired sometimes. Yeah, young us is like, oh, let's do it every week forever. Yeah, I even think sometimes our listeners are like, you do like, uh, you know that song like doing too much. <laughs> Hopefully not. I'll give you guys a quick social media update. Uh, apps are still deleted from my phone. Have not re-downloaded them. Honestly, I'm very impressed that I quit cold turkey. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I didn't quit, but I quit on my phone, and that's something. Well, I've had a couple tough weeks, but it's not because of social media. <laughs> yeah, that's unrelated. Yeah, no. Another uh, update for both of us is, if you're listening to this, the, this past weekend, Ashley and I took over the Main Spirits Instagram account, something we've been wanting to do for a while, and we did some Valentine's Day drinks, and you should go check those out on their page. Yeah, I'm really excited. I think it'll be a lot of fun. We're going to film the first one tonight, and then I think we'll see each other Saturday, which is also Parker's birthday. So I told him, I'm like, oh my god, we're going to do so much fun stuff in the morning for your birthday, but then I'm really sorry I have to go do some work with Liz uh, after. You can come with me, and it involves drinks, so you really can't be that mad. He can be the taste tester. We're making them for his his birthday, birthday, but we also have to put them on their account. Right, exactly. We should have just not said that, and we should have just pretended we were doing, like, an elaborate birthday drinks, and then been like, oh, sorry, while we're here. He's like, why are they all pink? And we're like, it's Valentine's Day themed. (laughs) I mean, it's your birthday themed. (laughs) We heard you love that color. Yeah, so I did have to tell him we have to make a quick pit stop before we actually do end up hanging out with you guys for his birthday anyway, so it really didn't matter. Kind of a rite of passage. I think we recorded a podcast on my birthday last year, and I'm pretty sure we did something for the podcast on your birthday. Oh, we went to Sea Dog, and we took our first ad. So it's just kind of like a birthday thing now. It's like big podcast moments. And he also did ask if, since it's on his birthday, we could write off his birthday dinner for tax purposes. Okay, we'll think about it, Parker. At our accountant, we're not doing that, I promise. (laughs) Unless the restaurant wants us to review it, then maybe we will. (laughs) (laughs) We're done. We're done here. We'll we'll digress into more important things. We are so excited. We have someone that we're very, very excited to have on the podcast today. Erin is one of Liz and I's very good friends, Abby and Cassie. It's one of her best friends. Um, I was like, wait, I still haven't met her. Are we good friends already? (laughs) 
So uh, we have known about Erin for quite a while because they speak so highly of her and they just absolutely love her. And Erin is going to share a little bit of us, share a little bit about her story with us on this week's episode. And uh, she's just someone that I think both Liz and I really look up to in her mindset and honestly just her, I feel like she has such a sense of adventure and just a drive uh, that I really admire. So we are really excited for that and we will get into it uh, now. All right, guys, we are back and we have Aaron Field joining us today. And Aaron, we've been wanting to have you on for a long time. So we're so excited. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome to Parties Over Podcast. Thank you. And Aaron, could you tell us a little bit about where you grew up? Are you from Maine? Kind of what your childhood was like? Yeah, so I was born in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, but uh, when I was like four, we moved to like Central Maine, uh, Sydney, Maine, and that's pretty much where I grew up. I grew up there, and then I went to Massalonsky in Oakland for high school, and then I ended up going to um, Goucher College in Maryland. Okay, awesome. So you grew up in Maine, pretty much. Um, Did you play any sports in in high school or anything? So I played field hockey and lacrosse. I played basketball for like a couple um, years just because like Abby and like all my other friends played and I was like, I'm so bored like during, but that was just for fun. But I think that was pretty much everything I did in high school. And then I ended up playing D3 field hockey in college. Okay. So when you were in college, I know you said you were playing D3 field hockey. How did you enjoy your college experience overall? Yeah, so I loved my college experience. Like, freshman year was one of my favorite years because I loved field hockey. Sophomore year was hard because field hockey was just, like, really, it was, like, everything. It was taking up all my time, and, like, classes were getting harder, and I wanted to work because I was, like, super broke. So after sophomore year, I I (laughs) I, I actually quit after sophomore year. I quit field hockey, which was really sad. I worked in the gym. I was a manager of, like, the gym, and then I worked in the alumni building. Uh, Still kind of, like, a part of the fitness world. Like, you, like, gave up sports, but you were kind of working in that kind of world. Yeah, so so I, I was a manager of the gym, and then I, like, worked out. I would always work out after my shift, so, like, I was still always seeing, like, it was a small school, so I was always seeing the athletes and all my friends and stuff. Growing up, were you always an active kid? Was fitness always a part of your life, or was this something that sort of developed later on? Yeah, I would say so. Like, I was never, like, this star athlete, and I was never, like, oh, I want to go D1, but it was always, like, I loved playing for fun. Like, field hockey was more serious than, like, the other sports, but I loved, besides that, like, just going to the gym and working out and just hiking being outdoors and stuff like that. Since we're talking about your college experience, can you tell us what you studied when you were in college? So I was an English major, and I was I was supposed to be an English and philosophy double major. But when the accident happened, I ended up just dropping philosophy because I was like, whatever, I don't really need it. All right, so I know you just mentioned the accident, and we were talking about your college experience. And uh, I know that this happened the summer going into your senior year of college. Can you tell the audience a little bit about what happened in the accident? Yeah, so basically, I it was July 11th, 2017, and my boyfriend and I, um, we I worked six days a week as a waitress, and he was from um, Pennsylvania, so 
we were like, let's let's meet up in Boston at my brother's apartment because he had had an internship, so he had an apartment in Boston, and so that was about three hours for both of us. And basically, we the last night I was there, my brother was like, oh, you should go up on the roof on the hammock. Like this is where I always hang out. It's so pretty up there. And I was like, okay. So we like got food and we went up there, and it was attached to like one side was a chimney and one was the wall, and I sat on it next to the chimney and as soon as Jack sat on the other side the extra weight made the chimney collapse just onto me and it basically crushed me which is what caused the c5 c6 spinal cord injury and Jack just like felt like he was fine he like didn't even have a scratch or anything wow sorry that is the first time I've like heard you you say it and it's just I remember the first time hearing about it and being completely stunned about like what an accident like this is not something that you ever hear about and it's just it's crazy to hear you say it and to see how far that you've come and I'm glad that we're gonna kind of dig into that a little bit I guess like what was the first thought like once you were in the hospital like knowing what's going on what was your first feelings it was definitely like I didn't (laughs) understand like even though they were like you're not gonna walk again you're not gonna have finger function or tricep function you're not going to probably be able to be independent for a while like I just didn't get it like I was like oh I'm, ex- I'm excited to go to Spalding Rehab like I want to meet friends and it's going to be like working out at a gym but like it's not it's like another hospital so like I just I don't think I knew it I knew nothing about spinal cord injuries I I didn't know how hard it was going to be I was just like really in the moment of what I was dealing with at the time which was like a lot of pain So it was hard for me to, like, think about the future, you know? I want to back up a little. I know when I was watching some of your YouTube videos, you mentioned that your boyfriend had thought that you may have dislocated your shoulder when when the chimney fell. Yeah, so, like, the chimney, when the chimney fell, it kind of, like, broke into pieces. So Jack was, like, obviously in shock, and he was, like, I kind of fell on my shoulder, so he was, like, oh, she, she definitely, like, is pretty hurt. She could have a dislocated shoulder. Like he didn't know. And then basically, um, I I told this story wrong the other day because Jack was like, no, I said this, not Todd, which is my brother. But basically my knees were like, um, straight and, or my, they were bent and he was like, straighten your legs. And I was like, they are straight. And that's when he was like, this is worse than I thought it was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that, so he called my brother he was like, come up here, like, like Aaron, uh, the chimney collapsed, whatever. And that's like when they called 911. So Aaron, I know we talked about what had happened. I don't know if I'd call it uh, a diagnosis, but what were your, what was your diagnosis or what were your injuries? C5, C6 spinal cord injury, which is pretty high up on your neck. A C1 is the worst. And then if you go down a little bit to C8, it's like a little bit better, like you have a little bit of more function, but basically, so I have no movement from the chest down, and then I have like some arm movement, but I have no finger function, like my, I'm trying to stretch my hands out, uh, because I'm trying to get this nerve transfer surgery, to actually get some finger movement, hopefully, but I do have like, like wrist function on this side, which is huge, seems silly, but it really is helpful. Um, and then I have no triceps, so, like, I can't transfer myself yet because, I mean, it's so hard to lift yourself without triceps. Um, so I might be getting a surgery for that as well. 
Um, and then I, I ruptured my um, right subclavian artery. So that was a really big surgery they had to do. And I think that was from falling onto my shoulder. I'm not really sure. But that was a big surgery where they had to get a stent in there. So I have a stent there. Um, and that surgery was like crazy because they had to fly in like 30 doctors from California. Like they had never done this for anyone before. And they, they'd never used this stent. They like found it in like an old box. And they just literally, like I asked them. <laughs> no like, big deal. I asked my doctor, I was like, how long will this last? And he was like, I don't know. We've only put it in, like, 90-year-olds, and then they die. I'm like, <laughs> but, oh but, like, it was a good surgery, and it's they just did an ultrasound on it, and it looks good, so. Just so for people that are understanding, would that be considered a quadriplegic or not? Yeah, quadriplegic. Some people say tetraplegic because it's, like, three, like, you have you kind of have some arms, but, and no hands, but you're, like, you are considered quadriplegic because you do have four limbs that are impaired, because you don't have your triceps, you don't have your hands, so some people will be like, you're not a quadriplegic, you have your arm movement, I'm like, but it's such a big difference than, like, being a para that has, like, core function and triceps and hands, you know what I mean? It's, like, a very big difference. And I know you said the first moment you realized uh, you kind of, like, came to and have memory, I believe, was they had to bring you down the side of the, the building, right? Yeah, so the stair the staircase in the building was so skinny, they couldn't put me on a stretcher and bring me down that way. So I had to go off the side of the building, like, on the fire truck. And I don't, even though I was awake and conscious the whole time, like, after it collapsed on me, I don't remember anything. I remember being lifted off, and I was like, but I had no idea what was going on. Wow. I also wanted to circle back to when you said you thought you were excited to make friends at the facility. Because I feel like that is the exact way that Abby and Cassie describe you. is like such a positive outlook. You're like, oh my God, I'm going to make some new friends. <laughs> and my um, ICU nurse, who I'm still really good friends with, she was so mad at me because I made her like, I made her do my makeup and like do my hair. And I, and I was, like, so mad at her because she made me wear, like, the Johnny, like, the, that you wear in the hospital. And I was, like, I can't wear this. Like, people are going to think I'm ugly. Like, I need to make friends. And so That's not really my color. Me, she let me wear, like, the child Johnny with the stars. And I was, like, this is cuter. Like, I, I can deal with this. <laughs> oh, I love that. So funny. I know I've, I've seen, like, videos of you and people are putting on your makeup and stuff. And I think it is so sweet, and it is such a representation of exactly how, I don't know, people have just talked about you before. And, um, and it also shows how much, like, I just didn't know the severity of the injury. You know what I mean? Like, I was just like, I had no idea. Okay, so we talked about the accident, and we're going to get into a little bit about Erin's positive outlook on everything, and she's really just taken the situation and... It's been really inspiring to watch her outlook. But before that, I just want to touch on how life changed for you when this first happened. How were your relationships and how was going back to school? I know you had said you went back to school after the accident. How were those? The hardest time was that fall when I got home from Spalding. My boyfriend went back to school. I was supposed to go abroad. So like it was really hard seeing all my friends at school and some of my other friends that were abroad and I was just like this sucks so even though it was really hard to go back that 
um, next semester in January 2018. It was also like I couldn't stay home anymore. Like I was just so bored, sick of therapy. Like I needed to see friends. I needed to be with my boyfriend. Like I just so it it was really hard to go back. And my mom came with me um, because I had to hire a PCA. And I was like, my mom was like, I'll just come. Like, like we don't have to train anyone. And the school was fine with it. They let her live with me on campus. So it was really hard, but like, it was also like really good therapy, like mentally. It seems like you have really good people around you also, your boyfriend and your mom and your whole family. They seem like they're really a part of it. Yeah, I was definitely really lucky. Like, I remember one time in the fall, my brother, like, he just, my mom and I were just crying. We were having such a hard day. And my brother was like, all right, well, he was in Maryland. He was like, all right, well, I'm not going to go to my test. I'm driving there now. And we were like, it was like, we really did need him. And it was just, I was lucky to have like all the support that I did. I'm literally crying. <laughs> so nice. Oh my gosh. I just, I don't know, for someone to just like hop in the car and immediately drive there, like is, yeah. I don't know. That's like such a unconditional kind of love that I feel like you get to a certain point in your life and like, that's all you want is to be surrounded by people that, unconditionally love and would drive states to go or you know miles to go to go see you exactly yeah my like my brother didn't even really because he you know he had a lot of guilt with the whole hammock thing he just so he didn't even want to go back to school we went to school together so when I actually went back to school he was the grade below me in college and so it was really nice because he could help with a lot of things as well as Jack when we were all there were your relationships affected by the accident? Was this a negative or positive thing that had happened to some of your friendships and relationships? Well, things with my boyfriend were obviously different, but like we actually, I think it made us closer in a way, obviously. Um, I mean, he was just awesome. Like he stayed by my side the whole time, but it definitely ruined a lot of friendships. But what was cool is like, I got to see the people that were there for me and were like real friends. And I got to see the people that weren't like, there were some people in the beginning that were like, you know, like there for me and then they just disappeared. And like, I literally went to school and some of my like best friends, like didn't talk to me or like try to come to my room. Like I literally lived on campus. I was like, Oh, like you're not a good friend, you know? So it's definitely hard, but it was cool because I had people that were there for me that I like didn't even expect to be there, you know. Mm-hmm. That was nice. I have to say, Abby had such good things to say about your boyfriend Jack. She said, uh, "Make sure you talk about Jack." Aaron really loves Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, like, I think it was like three weeks before the injury. I told like Abby and some of my other friends, I was like, "Guys, I think he's the one." Like, and I've like never said that, but I think it's so funny now that I said that before How my long injury. Did- how long were you guys dating before your accident? So we hung out like from February to the end of spring semester, not dating, but we were like exclusively hanging out. And then in June, he came to Maine for three weeks and we did like everything, like went to Acadia, all this stuff. And we started dating. And so we started dating like, I think it was like June 13th. And then the accident was July 11th. So wow, pretty like, like we're only 21. Like I, so I remember being like, you don't have to stay with me. This is a lot. Like, I understand. Like, we had just said, I love you. You know what I mean? So it was just like, I basically told him, like, don't stay out of guilt. Like, I, you know, like, you 
live your life if you want to. And he was just like, nothing's going to change, like, no matter what. He proved that he's the one. Yeah. And, like, if I say stuff now, he'll be like, if I'm like, oh, are you here at a guilt stone? He'll, he'll be like, why would I be with you for, like, four years if it was a, <laughs> if it was a guilt? I'm like, that's true. It's like that meme when you're, like, down the aisle and you're like, do you still like me? Like, yeah. you're literally walking down the aisle and you're like, yeah, no, I'm fully carrying you. Okay, so we know that um, growing up in high school and college, you really liked being active and in that world. So um, what are your hobbies now? Like, how have you kind of revamped your life with what you're able to do? So for a while, it was just therapy. I mean, I was in a lot of pain. I just wanted to get stronger, um, which kind of sucked because I used to love working out in therapy. Like, I thought it'd be like working out, but it was just, it, it sucked. Like I would, it would, it would hurt and I'd be dizzy and I'd be nauseous. And sometimes I still am. And like, I'd be so sore in between like sessions that like, I would just cry, but like, it's gotten better now. Like therapy is still hard, but like, I got like, um, I have like a bike that I do and like that, it moves my legs with a motor. And like, that just kind of makes me feel, feel better than just like sitting on my couch or in my chair all day. I have a standing frame, so that's, like, good for my bone health. Um, pushing my chair, like, getting the manual chair was a big deal. I do have, like, power assist wheels, but it's still tough, like, especially on hills or anything. So, like, pushing my chair is a really good workout. Um, somebody's giving me uh, an arm cycle in March, which I'm really excited. Um, so, basically, you just sit on the bike and you do it with your arms, and so I'm really I've tried it before, and I love them, and they're a really good workout. And besides that, I just, um, like, we Jack and I will walk the dogs a lot. Like, I'll push my chair. Sometimes I'll try to walk them. And I think that's it. Besides, like, I like to write poetry. I like to read. Actually, I mostly listen to my books on Audible now, though. Okay, I so get the audible thing i love the whole self-help stuff but sometimes they're a little hard to get through and read so i listen to those ones while we're on the subject i do want to get into your hobbies a little bit i i know again from your youtube videos i know you do your makeup yourself and this was something you had to relearn correct Uh, i know that there are things that you still do and you just have new ways of doing them what are some of these activities that you like doing so the makeup was like really annoying in the beginning because I was like, I cannot do this. Like I remember at Spalding being very frustrated because at the time, like I couldn't really lift my, I could lift my hand like to here and my good, my good hand, which is, was the left, which I used to be right-handed, but now I'm pretty left-handed. Um, so it was really frustrating, but as it got stronger and I can like lift it all the way up now and like touch my forehead and stuff, like it got easier. And like, so makeup was kind of fun. The only thing that's difficult with makeup is like, getting stuff in my hands like brushes and like opening things that like I still sometimes have Jack or my mom help me with that stuff and that's so the goal is to eventually be able to do all of it on my own um but that's more like fun I remember when I got to school like when I was assigned my first like five page essay I was like oh how am I gonna do this because I can't type and, like, I had my mom write my first paper. Like, I spoke it to her and had her type it. It was the worst thing I ever did. So I was like, I'm not doing that again. Like, it's super frustrating. So I ended up having, like, I ended up learning to just, like, use this brace and this stylus. And um, typing 
either using my voice and then like editing it after like and I wrote like 15 page papers doing that like I got so good at it like that's how I like write poetry that's how I like edit my videos like that's how I do everything so I definitely need help with something still and like getting things set up like for YouTube like camera and stuff like that but but besides that like I've like I've tried to like have some things I can do on my own that's amazing just kind of to visualize Uh, I feel like I would have these type of questions for someone but I just wouldn't think to ask so this is all really interesting I appreciate you sharing now I just want to talk about your outlook on the accident and how things have really changed for the better I believe for with your your just positive outlook you've taken on everything um, and I feel like you've really used this as an opportunity to share your story. Can you touch a little bit on just picking this route where you keep the positive outlook? Can you just talk to our audience about that? Um, so I remember being annoyed when I got home because, or even right before I left, because I they put you, they put everyone on the spinal cord injury floor on depression medication. And I remember I was upset about that because, I just didn't really get depressed. Like, yes, I cried. Yes, I had some bad days, but I never got, like, depressed, like, where I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, I want to die. Like, I never, like, felt, I mean, some days, but I was never, like, in a rut for, like, months. You know what I mean? So it was really frustrating because I was, like, now addicted to this medication had to, like, get off it once I got home. So that was, like, really tough. But once I was off that, basically, I just made a lot of friends like on social media that were also quadriplegic or paraplegic and that really helped me like I tried some support groups but there were just so many people were like they were mostly older and I wanted people that were like like girls that were my age or guys that were my age and so I also started um like uh volunteering as like a peer mentor on the spinal cord injury floor and I'd be like can I talk to like the girls that are my age and then I would end up like talking to them and we become like really good friends and so I have friends still that I like FaceTime and talk to like from meeting them there um so that really helped me a lot just like my family being around my family and my boyfriend that helped me a lot like to stay positive and going back to school definitely helped like and then my boyfriend moved in with me after that so that was helpful too I was listening to another podcast. Someone had like lost a lot of people in their life and they were saying like someone gave me a free pass to kind of just not do anything and like sulk and pretty much be like, oh, you don't need to like that happened to you. You're fine. You don't need to like go after your life. And then she said, but why? Why not? Like, why wouldn't I just go try to do these things and have fun in my life and still enjoy it no matter what? Do you feel it kind of similar to that? Yeah, I definitely feel that way. Like, I feel like it's it was definitely a second chance at life. Like, I could have died. So I have to look at it as, like, okay, like, got to live in the moment. Like, this is my life now, and I'm either going to make the best of it. And I, uh, someone else I follow that's, that was in, uh, half her body was paralyzed. She said, like, this is already a miserable situation. Like, why be double miserable? You know what I mean? Like, she was like, I'm, like, why would I make my life? more miserable when I'm already in this situation that I can't control and I can't change. Like I need to just make the best of it instead of just like being depressed and like being upset and mad about it, you know? Wow. That's a really great advice to anyone. And I think it can really apply to all of us. Like let's take the example of someone who just isn't happy in their job and they could really 
just take the situation as like, why do I have to do this job? Why can't I have a job like someone else? You could really take the situation and you could decide for yourself, I'm going to talk to my coworkers. I'm going to ask them how their days were, try and get to know them, or I'm going to really give this work a shot and try and get into the work that I'm doing and make my days better, choose to make my days better and my situation better. Better. Yeah, I definitely think that's good advice. Was there a specific day that you decided or like a moment that you decided this is the route I'm going to take? I'm going to choose to make this a positive situation for myself. Yeah, there's definitely like I would I had a lot of bad days like randomly. They'd usually be randomly spread out like I I kind of tried to not let myself have like more than two bad days in a row because I'm like that's like when you start to get depressed, you know? So like I I would one of my friends was like, oh, like what I like to do is like I get up in the morning and like I listen to music and then I like list like three things in my head like that I want to the mood I want to be in today or like how I want to be today. And like sometimes I'll do that if I wake up and I'm in just a bad mood or feeling not well, like I will do that. And like I'll just be like, okay, today I'm going to be like really positive, like really whatever, whatever and drink a coffee and usually it helps. I so agree. I feel like starting off your morning in a good way, making that conscious decision to have a good day is definitely the way to go. Just making that morning cup of coffee. Yeah. Or even going to bed. Like if you're angry all day and you're trying to fall asleep and you're still mad, it's just like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to do it. I'm going to be better tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we know that you're very active on YouTube and also on Facebook kind of sharing your story. Um, Do you have any plans on how you want to continue doing that and continue inspiring others? Well, I definitely want to keep making, I want to get back to try to make like at least one video on YouTube a week because I stopped at like when I got that big neck surgery that I had um, in November, I stopped making videos for a while because I was recovering. Yeah. So I get messages from people in similar situations and in different ones, which like, makes me really happy and makes me want to keep doing it and like one mom has messaged me and she was like oh my like five-year-old son like has no hand function and like you've helped him so much and like that's just like that just makes me like cry honestly when when I get stuff like that and like also like my Facebook journey like I kind of keep that page updated for like a lot of like my family and like just like um like my mom's friend like uh everything like that like I kind of just try to keep that updated but my YouTube and Instagram, I try to do more for like helping people or like disability advocacy. I remember at the beginning you were saying I you knew nothing about spinal cord injuries, like you would have never known what it entailed. And like same probably for Ashley and I, like you don't really hear about it unless you hear about someone mm-hmm. that it happened to, and you don't really hear about this entire community either that now you're discovering and you have all these people that are reaching out to you and people to talk to and I think that's just so awesome that you're using YouTube to kind of immerse yourself in that community and get people that that you can inspire and help out when they when something happens to them and they're finding out about it like they get to come to you now so I think that's really great yeah and the one of the biggest reasons I started to do that is because when I first got hurt like that's the first thing I did was like search like quadriplegics doing their makeup and like you know what I mean so I was like all right now I have to be I want to be that person for somebody else you know okay so I feel like the message here is if you think you're alone in a situation and you're the only one dealing with something there is a community for every situation and every person that can relate to it 
Uh, I know like social media gets this bad rep all the time, but really it can be such a healing tool and provide such community for people. So, I mean, I'm sure you would encourage people to go look for the people who have gone through similar situations and try connecting with them and also being an advocate for others. And if you're, you can try and be that person for someone else. So I think that's really awesome that you've done that and been able to help bring that feeling to other people. You're getting your bike in March, so that's an exciting thing in 2021. Do you have any other exciting things happening? Well, this is kind of 2020, but I got I just got my van, which was a big deal because I didn't I saw have a that. I didn't have a wheelchair van for a while, so that was like a really exciting. And the other big thing that's going on right now is we're moving into we're looking for a house, so it's going to be like a fully accessible house. Like uh, the kitchen is going to have like a lower bar, like a big shower for me. Like just it was going to make me so much more independent and allow me to be able to try so many more things that I just can't do in a one-bedroom apartment, you know? Do you have any tips or just messages for someone on why you should keep a positive attitude and how to have one or just making the best of a situation? Yeah, I mean, I think my biggest thing is just, like, live in the moment. Like, don't – I mean, it's okay to plan your future, but don't try to plan it, like, two years down the line because you never know. Like, I was doing that, and then my injury happened. So it's like – you can't plan out your life. Like you just, it just like, don't always be like looking for the next best thing. Like enjoy what's happening right now. Like, even though, yeah, I'm looking forward to moving. I'm like, okay, but I'm also enjoying like what I'm doing right now. You know what I mean? That is such great advice because that can apply to anyone. And I think it's a good reminder that like in this stage right now, Liz and I talk about it all the time. I feel like you're like 20s are so hectic and confusing and you're trying to figure everything out that you're like oh I just can't wait till I like figure it out or until I like get money or get whatever it might be that you forget like oh figuring it out is half the fun like that's half the fun of life so if you could go back and tell yourself something on the bad days that you're having right after your accident is there one thing that you would say I guess I would say like, it's going to get better. You're not going to be in as much pain. Like, don't always, not to say don't always listen to, like, your PT, but, like, some, some people, a lot of people told me, like, you're not going to ever get in a manual chair. Like, you're not going to be able to do this. Like, you're not going to be able to walk, like, which maybe that's true. But, like, um, like, always be optimistic and just be, like, you know, like, I, like, I am in a manual chair now. Like, they told me I'm not even, I'd always have to have a headrest which I don't use now. So it's like, just keep trying to get stronger, even if people keep telling you you can't. Wow, that's a great thought. Because in that situation, I feel like with such a person of authority, if they're saying it, you probably believe like, well, it must be true if that's what they say. And I could see it being really easy to get discouraged. Uh, And I know we've mentioned a few times about therapy and just different things where different medications you were taking and is there a way we could just bring awareness to the situation? I know there's probably a lot that is still to be done, but it sounds like it's a very physical and mental journey. Is there just something that you wish maybe could have been done differently? Like educate you more on like the medication you're taking and like make it more of a choice and like just talk to you about it and just little things. Like I remember I had shoulder pain and like they, 
um, they were going to do like the shot so it didn't hurt anymore. But like basically they wouldn't, they said, we won't do it until you ask for it. And I thought that was really weird because I was like, well, I don't know if I should get it then. And then when I got it, when I got it, I was like, why didn't I get this months ago? So just like kind of wish, like, and I know they don't want to be like reliable for things, but like, I just think that they should educate you more on that stuff. And also I think a big thing would be having like a peer mentor, like somebody that's gone through it come in. Cause I did have someone come and talk to me, but he was like, a 50 year old paraplegic so like I couldn't relate to it you know it was really hard so when I started volunteering like they were like oh you're the first girl that we've had and I was like but they're like I know it's mostly guys it is mostly guys that get spinal cord injuries <laughs> which is funny but <laughs> just because guys are more risky I guess I don't know <laughs> that was <laughs> odd interesting yeah um it still like made me sad like I would have loved to like had a girl come in and talk to me yeah I feel like maybe with technology or something in the future like a simple video chat call with someone probably could go a long way so but I did get a lot of letters from like people I didn't know that was like hey like I'm I'm 25 I'm quadriplegic and like they were so sweet like I saved all of them and I don't remember their names now but like just so cool that they saw my story and would like write to me in the hospital you know I love that I do remember when the accident happened that the outpour of love online, like, that I witnessed was, I don't know, it's, like, one of those moments, oh, my God, I literally might cry. It's, like, one of those moments that really just makes you, I don't know, realize there's so much good in the world and that people really will, like, come for, like, come to someone's side even if they don't know them. You know what I mean? Like, it just really... It was, a, it was just a nice reminder because I remember the world, I felt like it stopped and everyone was like, eyes on you, like, everyone is here for you, cheering you on and stuff. And yeah, like, I had people reach out to me that, like, even, like, now, like, years later, people will reach out and be like, I've been so, like, your story hasn't, your story in your life has impacted me so much and, like, I don't even realize it. And that just, like, that makes me feel like I have more of a purpose, you know? Right. With that being said, I feel like a lot of people debate on reaching out to someone who's had, who's played a role in inspiring them. Would you say that you've ever gotten a message that you thought, I wish they wouldn't have said that? Or do you encourage people to send the message and tell someone that you appreciate them? I always think you should send the message because people just don't realize the impact they have. And so that's why whenever somebody like helps me or like whatever, I'll always message them and like tell them and so they know because those are like my favorite messages to get you know what I mean even if it's like someone that you know or kind of know or used to be friends with and you're like oh well it's been four years like I'll look like silly messaging her now like I wouldn't feel that way like I would be like grateful you know we've been talking about that a lot recently like just say it like if you want to reach out to someone if you want to compliment someone you might as well just get it off your chest and just say it and put it out there and it's what's yeah. bad that's gonna happen if they don't answer then whatever like hopefully yeah. they saw it and it helped them yeah. yeah thank you so much for joining us Erin we have really been wanting to have you on for a while and just you. share your story in another way and we want our listeners to go check out your YouTube channel. So if you want to tell them um, your channel name and your Instagram so they can follow along on your journey. So on YouTube, if you just type youtube.com slash C slash Aaron Field, 
I don't know why that's my link, but it is. Um, or if you just search Aaron Field, and then my Instagram is Aaron.field, but with two Ds, because the other one was taken. When you type in Aaron Field on YouTube, you are like number one. You're up. You're definitely number oh, really? one. And, oh, yeah. That's, I, good. I, that's I, nice. Yeah, you got some great SEO on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, we are so excited to continue to follow along with you, and we know that Party Over will be so excited to uh, follow you on YouTube. And honestly, Aaron, thank you so much for just yeah. being you and like being so positive and it's really I don't mean to sound cheesy but you're I know you've always been this way but it's really inspiring to just have you share it with others you could be selfish all yourself but <laughs> we're glad to share yourself with the world so thank, thank you, so you. Much. and that was a good one let's go get a drink